This Week in Tech. Now's your chance to get caught up on all that's happening in the technology around Akron and the rest of the world. Now, here's Gene Destro. This week, we're once again going to look at tech issues related to the coronavirus pandemic and working from home, but we're also going to talk with the author of a new book that I think might have some special resonance during this worldwide crisis as we shelter in place and seek information, comfort, and community on social media. Forbes recently reported that China, Iran, and Israel are all using state-level intelligence gathering tools against their own citizens to try and stop the spread of COVID-19. And now CBS News reports the U.S. government wants to do it too. Tech consultant Larry Magid says federal authorities are talking to companies like Google and Facebook to see if mobile phone geolocation data can be correlated to help track where people go and with whom they have contact. I think the biggest concern would be whether the government would truly keep the data anonymous. There is certainly the possibility that it could identify individuals. And it's not hard to imagine that some people in government might want to identify individuals to reach out to them to try to get them to change their habits. So I can see some concern among the public if this happens. On the other hand, this could produce good data that could be used in the fight against the coronavirus. And while the U.S. military is still very much on the job, many of what are defined as their non-essential employees are working from home and not in their regular offices at the Pentagon in Washington, D.C. CBS's Cammie McCormick has the story. New safety measures are in place at the Pentagon and more Defense Department personnel are working from home. They're being told to prepare for the long haul. It's, it's going to be weeks for sure, maybe months. Defense Secretary Mark Esper. We're going to telework as long as necessary to ensure that we're beyond the coronavirus crisis, if you will. The Pentagon is one of the world's largest office buildings. Closer to home, we talked to Steve Millard, who's the president and CEO of the Akron Chamber of Commerce, about how local businesses are adapting to the need to have their employees work from home. But this is the first time a lot of companies tried to go remote last week. They hadn't done it before. So they found out while they had the software, nobody knew how to use it or they weren't set up right, etc. So again, a lot of adjustments last week. A lot of folks were ordering laptops and monitors and actually seeing that supply come in relatively quickly. Fortunately, a lot of our smaller companies, a lot of our newer companies, the technology was a little bit more ubiquitous for them, but it's our older companies that have a lot of kind of, you know, cubicle-based workers that don't do a lot of remote. Those folks are trying to adjust. But it's not just the coronavirus that's been bothering us this week. It's also the corrosive dialogue on both traditional and social media, with people sniping at each other, playing the blame game, and one politician in Texas even suggesting that senior citizens should sacrifice their own lives so young people can get back to work sooner. Of course, not taking into consideration that even though the percentage of people dying from the disease is higher for older people, younger people are dying from it as well. Some young people are taking it even further using a snarky hashtag, Boomer Remover. All that coming during a crisis when literally everyone is worried about the same thing, and a third of the world's population is right now under a pandemic-related lockdown. So we're all feeling the pain, but we're not all responding to it with compassion and empathy. 
So I thought now would be a good time to share an interview I did recently with Caitlin Ugolik Phillips, who recently wrote the book, The Future of Feeling, Building Empathy in a Tech-Obsessed World. Five or six years ago, I started to get the sense that it was starting to affect the way that people communicate with each other, not just online, but off as well, and that the fact that you can kind of say anything to anyone on social media was seemingly eroding empathy. So I decided to look into that, see if anyone was researching it. And then I also concerned that things are only moving in a more technological direction. And I'm like a lot of journalistic projects, it started as a worry, you know, what's going to happen to our empathy going forward. So I decided to see if anyone was doing research on this, see if anyone was creating tools or looking into ways to make sure that we preserve our empathy going forward. And luckily, uh, I found that the answer to those questions was yes. Why is empathy a societal concern or value? So there's a lot of research showing that empathy, the ability to, you know, take another person's perspective, kind of put yourself in their shoes, and then even more than that, in some cases, you know, take, take steps related to those feelings, is really vital to uh, relationship building, learning, community building, you know, just a lot of the things that make for a functioning society. So is it your opinion then that technology has made people more selfish? That is the feeling that I get, but I also am kind of encouraged that there are also ways that technology can help bring people together and remind us of the different experiences of others. So with a lack of empathy or an erosion of a feeling of empathy on people's parts, Does that mean that there's less understanding in the world? It can certainly feel that way. I think anyone who spends a certain amount of time on Facebook, for example, that's only one piece of technology, but I think that's a general sense a lot of people have, and it's a real fear as well. So regardless of whether we have the empirical data that that's actually happening, a lot of people feel that way. And so that's why I wanted to kind of look into people who were studying this and trying to address this real fear that as we get more tech obsessed and, you know, AI and these other technologies come into our lives more, what was going to happen next? And we can't predict the future, but I think that there are some legitimate concerns that being, being isolated the way that we are, staring at screens the way that we do, can affect our empathy and maybe make us more selfish. So based on the research that you did for this book, what was your conclusion then? The research that I've read has me convinced that there are a lot of factors going on, that the kind of person you are before you use something definitely affects the way that it affects you. But the biggest takeaways that I had were that mindfulness and intentionality with the way we use technology really means more than are you using it. So for example, there's a lot of debate in research on the impact of social media. There was a study that showed that kids, for example, teenagers who used it for more than two hours a day said that they had worse mental health and they were more likely to experience even suicidal ideation and also rated lower on empathy. But the researchers didn't assert that there was a causation there. They thought maybe it was kind of the opposite, that people who have those predilections are more likely to use social media. But there are certain behaviors on social media that are definitely seem to be correlated with selfishness, lack of empathy, and even narcissism. So this behavior of vague booking where people sort of passive aggressively will say something to their followers and then everyone's supposed to sort of guess what they're talking about, that kind of thing, you know, those kind of behaviors, um, antisocial behaviors that would be negative in, you know, real life are correlated 
with these negative emotions online as well. So in terms of the future of technology, the future of us using technology, specifically social media, etc., where do you see this going? And is there any advice or any conclusion that you came to? In terms of advice, I have definitely found that just the simplest thing of taking a deep breath and stepping back before responding to something or making a post and making that effort to remember your empathy. I think empathy is something we all have. We just are having trouble accessing it. And I think thinking every time you're going to comment or reply to something, asking yourself, how might this other person experience this? That seems simple, seems obvious, but we don't really take the time to do that. And in the future, I think that people are demanding more empathy from the creators of these technologies. And that was something that made me really hopeful in my research was that a lot of the people who are creating new technologies and creating new products do seem to be thinking more about the end users of their products and what could go wrong and how they might feel, you know, using their platforms or devices. So I think that's a good thing. I think we're going to be demanding more um, guardrails and accountability, and I, I hope that that's right. Is there anything that I've left out that you'd want to add? I think the only thing is that I, in talking to kids and, and doing research that involves young people, they really understand this to an extent that I think us adults maybe don't because of the way that we have adapted to technology differently. Young people who use these things all the time and they're the early adopters of new technologies really seem to get that there is an empathy issue, there is a bullying issue, and that, that, that it's not sustainable. So that gives me hope. I think we need to give the young people a little more credit that even though they are looking at their phones a lot, they are trying to think about using technology more mindfully going forward. That was author Caitlin Ugolik-Phillips, who recently wrote the book, The Future of Feeling, Building Empathy in a Tech-Obsessed World. And that's it for now. Stay safe, healthy, and positive, and I'll see you again next week. That was This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Tune in next week for more tech news and find more online at waki.net.